Well, the wind seems uh, some sort of plane is in a loop-de-loop outside my window. Either that or someone's trying to send me a message. And that message is... What's up, kids? How are you doing today? I am doing. I'm, I'm doing. All right. I, I, I tell you every time. So, yeah, I'm doing fine. But then I—that's the answer I give people when I'm in person as well. So don't feel left out. Don't feel like you're not getting anything more from me than maybe friends or family are getting from me. No, none of that. Because I give you the exact reaction that I gave two close friends yesterday when we were at coffee, and they asked me what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know. So you, you'll get. You're as close as you can be. Yeah. <laughs> as close as anyone gets in any one situation, bar from maybe, you know, my physician. Um, so, and I haven't seen them in months and months and months. But I am doing well. Um, I also have a giant mug with Cocky Monster on it. It's slowly becoming my favorite mug for the amount of coffee I can keep in it. Even though it broke the no mug rule. And I'm not even going to explain the no mug rule. You should just realize that I have a, a rule about mugs in my house. And, and that was broken. Twice. Twice this year. So far. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, but how about this? So there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, you know, especially in the UK. If you're, I mean, you're not in the UK, there's stuff going on all all over the place, but I know a lot of my, my listeners, I know from my analytics on the old YouTubes, uh, there's a lot going on in the UK. Obviously, we have an election in less than a month. Um, we've got Christmas coming up. There's been mass flooding across the country. There's been another tower block burned down. We are in the hectic, hectic world of being human, and... Alongside that, there's the, there's an impeachment going on overseas. There's Hong Kong and China tearing one another to pieces. Um, there's protests. We, we, we've got a lot going on in this country. But I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to talk about bees. Sorry, slurping noise. Um, yeah, so I, I thought we could do with a break. Also, talking to a, a friend of mine, um, you know, we were discussing topics for the podcast, and I was, and they, they requested bees, so I thought I'm going to do a little bit of fan service. Last podcast of the year for 2019, episode 103, and we're just going to talk about bees for, for 30 minutes, because I freaking love bees. Bees are fantastic. Okay, so if you've seen me in the wild, chances are I was wearing a black denim jacket. That denim jacket has a little patch on it. That patch says, say, give bees a chance. And it's amazing. And I got it from Etsy. And I'll leave a link in the uh, the descriptions so you can also purchase that patch from Etsy. Um, but it's, it's essentially, just, it just says, give bees a chance. Now, I don't know why, but I feel like bees are a divisive topic amongst people. For instance, my dad does not particularly like bees. He realizes the importance of bees, but he does not like bees. So when I bought him a uh, a bee house for his garden last year, that was a bad gift. That was, that was a mistake because it was designed to attract bees to his garden and nest. Um, something he did not want. But he has a veg patch, so it made perfect sense to me. 
You know, he has a veg patch. Could do with some pollination. Get some bees in there. That, I'm, I'm just saying, from my point of view, that was a fantastic gift. From his point of view, I'm trying to kill him. But moving on. So bees, they come with a lot of a lot of politics attached to them. Even though this isn't a political podcast. Um, the main concern being right now, I mean, there's, I think if you think of bees, you know, I'm jumping all over the place. If you think of bees, you think of two main stories, or at least I do, because within my lifetime, this has happened. Africanized bees are a huge, big topic, wiggly finger of a topic. And then just the extinction of bees in general, which is interesting because that people spent so long trying to kill Africanized bees. Um, and now the, the worry is that there's, there's going to be no bees left. Now, Africanized bees was was actually like a huge, weirdly racial thing. So you'd taken something, uh, like bees, and then you'd said, basically they applied terminology into it to call them Africanized. And there was a huge conversation about whether this terminology was used because of uh, the, basically, fear of black people and fear of Africa and all that comes attached with that. Um, And the fact that when media basically pictures and and promotes black culture, they do it around the idea of violence and um, destruction and, and basically everything negative which you could associate with a group of people. Um, and now they were trying to um, attach killer bees to it. So there was a whole bunch of madness about it. And this this was back. I don't know, I feel like this was the nineties, but it might not have been. It might have been like the early, the like the two thousands. I feel like everything was the nineties, even though I was only in there for like ten years. Um and most things have happened within within my lifetime, within the two thousands. But it just feels like that time. I can remember it and therefore it happened in the nineties. As I feel like a lot of nostalgia action action happens. But the new the new topic, the new button subject is the extinction of bees now obviously i got this patch off the basis that i do think we need to do more to help bees i'm a person who we had a a beehive in my back garden we didn't destroy the beehive we didn't ask for it to be removed neither of us were allergic to bees my neighbors weren't allergic to bees so you basically said okay let them be bees and they nested in the roof of my shed so i'm almost guaranteeing there's like a a preserve of honey in somewhere in my shed which i need to get hold of but that's the bear in me um and I kind of look at it and go, okay, cool. You know, that's that's the kind of thing we need to do. You need to plant more plants, which are for pollination rather than than picturing and, and wildflowers and all this kind of thing, and add diversity and all. And that's why I got the patch. I because I, I like that message. I like the message of giving giving them a chance as a species. And I think that's what more than trying to build habitats, more than trying to um, you know rescue bees saving individual bees when they're dying more than that you just need to give them a chance you need to give them a fighting chance to exist in the same world as us because that's that's all that's all we're doing we're trying to trying to coexist because i think everybody knows it seems like a really dumb thing to say but they're a huge part of our ecological system a massive part because they're responsible for so much pollination they're not the only animals responsible for pollination, but they are part of so much of pollination. It's such a commonality in the UK as well. I've been around bees my entire life. The idea of not having bees there seems kind of insane. Which then brings you on to this idea of honey. 
Now, honey's a very divisive subject in, subject in the, the bee um, communities, bee, bee communities. Now, honey is not vegan. I feel like that's an obvious thing, but from some brief Googling I did earlier, apparently that's not obvious, that honey is an animal product. It's a product produced by bees, which we then harvest. So it's definitely not vegan. Um, but because it's attached to a product. Therefore, if it's attached to a product like anything, it becomes a, something which you can streamline, something which you can um, basically look at profit and go, okay, well, it costs us more if this happens. Therefore, if we remove this, then we, we can make more profit. And that's essentially the, the crux of most business within the world and what happens before rules and regulations are put in. Now, the honey industry is hugely part of this um, and hugely divisive in terms of its practices. Some do things where they, they cull hives when the season is over to keep costs down during winter because you can't keep bees alive during winter. Some people clip wings of uh, the queen bees, which is essentially what keeps a swarm where it is. Um, and there's all these like little practices which go on, which you which you never even really think about. You never think, oh yeah, you know, I'm enjoying my enjoying my honey on my pancakes or whatever they put you put your honey on, and thinking, you know, this is part of a, a system which is just destroying something. Like at least with with something like meat, you know, an animal died in your face because it's there, it's on your plate. With um, kind of milk and eggs, you know there are systems which are in place which keep these animals producing products. That's just part of the whole crux of using those products. And I'm not going to get into a whole veganism debate right now. But with bees, it's I feel like it's one of those hidden things. I feel like it's one of those things which not many people consider because people just assume that if you, you have a beehive that you 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 basically encouraged a queen to to be there and then the bees built built the hives around there which when you think about it, it seems kind of illogical so let's say you were a bee as you do uh queen bee and you settled into a hive you can buy queen bees by the way um and a lot of beekeepers do you can purchase a queen bee uh for your hive and then you put them in your hive and it encourages them to make their hive there. Now, if they made a hive there and all the bees were there and they developed a large amount of honey and then you came along every so often and then just took all of their honey, they would not stay there. That's just, that's a reality. They would not continue to live in that hive. They would move on and find a new hive. I think, I mean, I'm no, I'm no bee expert, but if my home was being invaded on a regular basis and someone was taking the fruits of my labor, I think I'm probably going to move on. Now, I did research as well. What actually happens is after they've removed the honey, because the honey is essentially the bee's food, um, they replace it with like a succulose combination to feed the bees, because obviously they still need to survive, um, which I found very interesting. And it apparently is, is not as good for the bees as well. Basically, the honey industry could be massively evil is what, what we're considering here. And if, if B-Movie didn't do enough to highlight that, I feel like this might... Not this podcast specifically. Like, 20 people are going to see this. Um, but it, it's this weird thing. But then, I'm in a conflict as well, because... So I don't agree with the sentiment that if the bees die out, we die. I'm, I just don't. Because 
much like anything within our society and within our human society, we find ways around things. If something is removed or we can't do something, we figure out a way to do it. And they already have. They've already found ways to pollinate plants manually. One of those ways is just having someone paint pollen onto stems. But and that's obviously hugely time-consuming, and we all need something to do. But it's one of those situations where, yes, life would be worse, and life would be you know, less pleasant and harder for things to coexist with us, and that's the huge problem. The huge problem isn't just, oh yeah, we'd run out of food, because that would that we would solve that, essentially. Um, you know, it's one of those. And the likelihood, while solving it, the environment would get even worse. There's a knock-on effect to this, but survival is there, because that's essentially what we do as human beings. We survive, he says, drinking his coffee in his very cozy room. Um, but that's the thing. So now, even in terms of honey, so I love honey. I feel like that's no surprise to people. I love honey. I'm not even a sweet tooth person, and I love honey. There's a ah, oh, look at that. There is a massive wasp outside my window, trying to get in. Oh, I know he's not trying to get in. Got caught. So outside my window, um. Neither, neither of you. I feel like I'm talking to two people. Um, neither of you can see. Um, I have two massive cobwebs, and I can actually see the spiders who who live in those cobwebs. And I can't open these windows because I don't want to destroy their webs. But they've been there most of the year now. It's a, that's, a, that's a long time for them to have been there. But they've been there most of the year. And again, it's just about coexisting. It's about giving them that space to be there. What I do find interesting is a lot of people, and I say I hear this a lot. Where you look at a species, an animal, and people say, what can we learn from this animal? Which, I feel like is a fair phrase, but I feel like the extent which you can use that phrase is, man, I sounded frail, and is slim. And here's my reasoning why. So, yes, you can look at bees and you can think, what can we learn from the bees? And you can look at their hives and think, all right, well, they know stuff about structural integrity because they build these hives and obviously they survive. And also we don't quite know how they fly, so we could figure that out and then that could make things easier for us to fly. Um, and we could imitate that. And we could also help them and basically create airstreams so that bees can travel safely across the world without any problems. Now, there's a lot there which you could kind of, you could take. There's a whole lot of logic and, and, and bias. But it's when people get to a point and that, that could be said for anim any animal. You know, it's like, oh, what can we learn from the raccoon? It's like, well, what, what, how does the raccoon eat? Well, he cleans his food before every meal. Fantastic. We should probably do that. Okay, and what else does he do when he burrows? No, he doesn't. I don't know. I don't know enough about raccoons. I started this phrase about a raccoon, and I realized midway through that I do not know enough about raccoons to, to actually make that bit work. So back to bees. Now, coming back to bees, it's when we get past that point of, oh, yeah... So this is how they build their hives, and this is how we could build homes and create better ecological systems for ourselves and habitats for ourselves. Once we get past that point, and people start to put emotion and social feeling from animals onto human beings, is where I completely check out. Completely. And it's not that I don't appreciate what they have. So... What I'm talking about here is people get on about hive mind quite a lot. And they, they use it as a phrase. In fact, I think I even have a podcast which is about the hive mind and this hive mentality and how we can 
basically do to alleviate mob mentality within society. Bees, bees have a literal hive mind. They act essentially as a human organism when they are in a swarm. Human organism, singular organism when they are in a swarm. They act as though they are one body, one mind, moving through the use of pheromones and communication and everything like that. And they, they do that as a whole being. I was reading, um, and there's quite a few reports of when biologists encounter swarms of bees. They don't treat it as individual bees. They treat it as studying a body. They treat it as studying a being. And that is something a lot of people are like, yes, I see that. Look at them. Look at their social structure. They have so much equality. They have so much, you know respect for one another and they communicate well and they act as a group and they move as a movement and therefore we can learn a lot from the bees and you sit there and you go yes in a perfect world fantastic but at the same time they have no independence much like ants bees do not have independence they are just part of the hive that is their entire role in life why do they have no independence? Because they do not have the brains as we do. They do not have the same impulses that we do. They do not have the same physical restrictions as we do. The versatility amongst a hive is next to nil. If something is wrong with a thing within the hive, that thing is just not part of the hive. And that's the problem. And that goes for all animals. We look at them and idealize this way of living and a lot of people look at them and idealize it and think oh yes why can't we be more like that without considering the fact that we just we just aren't like that we aren't we we're just human and rather than looking at bees and thinking we should be more like bees we should be figuring out how to be human in a way which is more beneficial to other humans to coexist there's so many things which come into play with it as well it's it's the same when people put animal aspects onto themselves it frustrates me in in quite a large way you know when people are oh i identify with this animal I identify with these things, so I'm going to live my life like this. I'm like, really? What animal do you identify? Oh, I identify with the leopard. And the killer instinct, but also the beauty and respect for one another. And it's like, no, it's a leopard, mate. It's a leopard. Um, you know, the comparisons between you and a leopard may stop, depending on what letters you have in your name. You are completely different geniuses. Geniuses, not geniuses. Far from being geniuses. Um, and I can appreciate that people want to. I mean, even myself, I, I call myself a bear all the time. But I fully know that I'm not a bear and therefore live my life like a human. The best, try and be best human I can be. Apparently I can't words right now. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Animals and humans. We are completely different. What we need to do, this is the thing. We're different, but we're, we, as in us, are in a position where we can think, all right, well, we can live alongside these beings because we have the foresight to do that. That's the other thing. You know, if the tables were reversed, because of the thoughts and feelings we have, we're able to recognize that we are part of a, part of a larger world. Bees don't. 
You know, bees, if they have the opportunity, will just build bigger hives. And they'll just keep building bigger hives because that's their goal. Their goal is repopulation. That's that's their entire entire thing. They don't sit and go, you know what, I might might take the day off. I might chill out, play some games, watch a little bit of TV. No, bees don't do that. Bees don't do that. Bees are are built for building, essentially. They don't stop. They don't falter. And if they do, they die. So, you know, when you sat thinking, oh, yeah, we could learn a lot about from bees. Also learn about bees' work ethic. Also learn that bees don't get a day off. Learn that their entire lives are devoted to their work. And if they stop working, they die. That's... You know, think about that. If they can't work, they die. You gotta you can't take what you can't take just the best aspects from, from a society. But what can you do to help the bees? What can you do? I drew a bee I just remembered I drew a bee picture, um, which I tried to get made into a t shirt, which wasn't successful. Um and it had instructions on how you can help bees. And there is a few ways you can help bees because that is how we're gonna close out the year on how we can coexist better with the bees. Um uh, things which you can learn from bees and which you can you can take home with you are the bees are fantastic builders, fantastic builders. They also make a delicious food product, um, but you should buy from ethical suppliers, not from just general suppliers. Think think organic bees, don't think generic supermarket honey. Um, but your things you can do for your gun, uh, you can not mow as often. Don't mow your lawn as often, which allows allows uh, allows flowers and things to grow, um, which the bees need. Also gives them space to hide and navigate around the world without getting captured from predators. Plant more flowers, which are pollinate friendly and bee friendly. Things which allow the beehives to thrive. If you get a beehive in your garden, as long as it is not a huge convenience your family and by huge convenience i mean it's not blocking the entrance to your home uh and you're not allergic to bees therefore going to die if it lives near you you know just leave it be this is the thing bees will hive and then they will move on as i stated earlier bees hive they move on and the the the, what's the word colony gets bigger the queen moves on finds somewhere to hibernate and then they do it again and again and again and again um and yeah, and, and that's the way to think of it. It's just, unless it's a huge convenience, you may as well just leave them be. That's a nice pun for you. Why not? That's probably the same. That's That That right there is a life lesson. That is what you can learn. Is if it's not a huge convenience to you, and it's not hurting anybody else, just leave it be. You know, that's a, that's a message for life. That is, that is a way to live. You know, that guy down the street. Not a huge convenience to you? Okay. Not hurt anybody else? Okay. Just leave them be. The moment they become an inconvenience, that's when you move the hive on. But for the most part, people aren't. People just want to live their lives. People just want to do what they want to do. I get asked quite a lot why things don't bother me. It's just because it's not an inconvenience for me. I still live my life exactly how I want to live my life to the most part. Um, so I just leave everyone else be. And that's what we can learn from the bees. So much to think about. It's been a good year. And I hope you'll join me for the next year. 
as is tradition. I won't be back till January. But until then, I hope you have a great Christmas. I hope you have a good New Year. I hope you have a good... I want to say Hanukkah. I feel like Hanukkah happens this summer. I don't know enough about Jewish culture to comment on it. <clears throat> but I hope you have a good one. And I hope you take care. Look after yourself because I know winter could be a bad time for a lot of people. Make sure you get out. See some fr- friends and family. If you know someone who's on their own, go check on them. Just, you know, swing in. Say hi. Buy them a, buy them a cake. Anything. Just go say hi to them. Um, and, be, and be a little kinder. I know winter, winter can be a dark time for a lot of people. And, and that's something we should try and change. Something the bees wouldn't do. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.